What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome back to the Sports Card Grinders Show. I'm your host, Dean. Along with me is Brennan, our returning champion, Will Priester, Chief. He's back as well. Uh, additionally, it's Simon, producer extraordinaire. Fellas, uh, how are things in your world? Let me ask Simon. How are things? Uh, I'll, I'll go, we'll go around the horn here. I'm, I'm presuming we're going clockwise, but I'm just guessing. I don't really know the way up here. But uh, Simon, how are things uh, going for these days? Going well, man. Can't uh, bury the lead on GP Dean here. Oh, oh yeah, we, we we did well. We played a little, uh, we won some money. We, we we won some American dollars. We also lost some American dollars on New Orleans. We'll talk about that soon enough as well too. But uh, that's one of the things we'll be talking about. Zion being eliminated. We're gonna talk about some football. Talk about some cards specific as far as guys that are playing super well in the bubble. Uh, how the cards are reflecting that, and guys that are not doing as well so much, or some players that are getting hurt. And we'll uh, if we have time, I presume we will. We'll talk about just the general concept of market bubbles when it comes to the card industry itself. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and you know what, Simon? It's daily fantasy sports. That's Roto Grinders. That's what we specialize in. This is a sports card show. No victory lapping here. But I will take a big L, a big L on the New Orleans Pelicans because I thought they were making the playoffs, and what a disaster. We'll talk about Zion and the Pelicans in a second. Let's bring in a well, Brennan. We've been talking about it on and off throughout all the shows. Were you? I can't remember if you were combating or not, or if you were on board with me. But yeah, it, New Orleans is the biggest disappointment of the bubbles, and not. It is probably the biggest disappointment from a from a, a league revenue uh, attention standpoint, <laughs> but also for uh, from a card market perspective, Zion's one of the hottest names. I, in fact, was on record saying I thought Portland was the team to be oh. scared of the whole time, and and we're seeing Dame time come out, and I think Paul George has maybe unleashed a little bit of uh, the next level for Dame. So, like, I think Portland was always the team I was most scared of. I was certainly hoping Zion would put something together, but. That whole situation with the kid gloves for the first few games kind of just threw the rhythm off, and uh, they lost a couple of games they really shouldn't have. So, Yeah, uh, well, the whole situation was kind of thrown off by he left the bubble for uh, family issues, family reasons, uh, a family emergency. Don't really know what it was specifically. Doesn't want, Not my business. Hopefully everything yeah. is all right on his family end. Uh, he came back. Uh, they questioned his conditioning. Uh, he wasn't starting. He was playing, like, what, 15 minutes or something like that. Some days mm-hmm. he sat out. Uh, and it just never seemed to kind of get on track. And they really needed to win that first game against Utah, and they lost by two points, and that really derailed them because they were behind the eight ball. They had to kind of do what Phoenix is doing. Phoenix, I think, is undefeated and still is probably not going to make the playoffs. That's I don't know why they were there, but good for them for, for the hustle. I appreciate that. Uh, Chief, Will, uh, welcome back, and uh, what are your thoughts? We'll, we'll dive in. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Zion being eliminated. We'll talk about how his cards are affected uh, based upon that, but – were you uh were you on were you buying Zion were you fading Zion kind of like watching uh, I imagine was there, is there a bigger disappointment in the Pelicans as a whole uh, as far as the bubble because I can think of a lot of great things that are happening which we'll talk about Lillard who's uh, certainly taking advantage of it but Zion and the Pelicans was just for me a big big old disappointment. Well, I think uh, I didn't necessarily really expect the Pelicans to get in. Uh, you know, Portland with Nurkic back obviously was. I, I mean, I'm with Brennan. I always felt like Portland was the, the dark horse to get in. Surprisingly enough, though, Phoenix is secretly becoming my favorite team to get into the playoffs. <laughs> I I just like the fact that they came out to fight. Devin Booker's playing great. Uh, as long as Aiton can pass a few COVID tests on time, he'll be <laughs> just going to show great. up. <laughs> just going to show up. Uh, Cam Johnson is, is, is playing well. Uh, I don't know how they're starting to get – production out of you know all these guys Cameron Payne and you know we're going deep on the bench but these guys are playing and they want to win they get another uh good matchup today against a a, a depleted Philly team so mm. I almost feel like I need to count another win I mean it's, it's looking like a Phoenix uh Portland showdown for the, for the eight or nine seed because I'm really afraid that Memphis isn't going to get in at this point with Portland playing so well I do think Boston's going to sit some guys today, but this isn't a DFS show. This is a card show. This is an evergreen show. Some people listening have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Phoenix, 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 Phoenix is close. And I think, I think this Phoenix-Portland game is probably going to be the best game we see in the bubble. I mean, outside of that, you know, three or four overtime game between Utah and, and, uh, and, uh, and Denver – this this should be the matchup everybody wants to see. Phoenix, Portland, and I don't I don't think I ever thought those words would come out of my mouth uh, today. 
So uh, that double uh, double overtime game was my least uh, favorite game because I had zero shares from a DFS perspective. So I was making zero <laughs> American dollars. I was losing money. I'm sure it was fabulous to watch. Uh, for the record, uh, 538 as far as the NBA projections. Uh, Portland is a 76% chance of getting in. The Grizzlies at 14%. The Suns at 8%. And the Spurs, don't, don't ignore the Spurs, 2% chance. They need everything to fall their way, essentially. All right, uh, Simon, you're going to do a little screen share for us. Uh, tell us what's going on with Zion uh, as far as his cards. Uh, I presume, uh, I don't want to say plummeted, but I, I presume that they have dropped with the, the exits of New Orleans. Is Simon with us? Simon is muted, you amateur. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the uh, at the cards yesterday, and some of them have, have taken a drop. It looks like the um, the Prism uh, Silver has actually recovered a little bit. If you're looking at the uh, Zion Prism PSA 10 Silver, it's up to 5,100 right now, at least uh, with the most recent aggregation of, of sales. But uh, it looks like the, what is that, the Optic PSA 10 is, is down a bit. And uh, some of these other ones are, are more or less flatlining. But uh, for the most part, it looks like... He hasn't really been affected yet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a drop in the next uh, next few days here. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at that prism by itself because I don't really trust uh, <clears throat> that his uh, his. Hey, as you're pulling that up, Simon, I should go ahead and say, uh, well, people are like we're watching it. Well, what is Simon showing off? What is this tool? It is the market movers tool. How do I go about and get that? I go to sportscardinvestor.com, SCI. And uh, hey, we have a promo code for you guys. It's Grinders, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. You get 20% off your first su- subscription at SCISportsCardInvestor.com. And one of the main things you get over there is the market mover tool. Simon, show it off. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just called up uh, just the base and the silver 2019 Prism PSA 10s. And this is not showing a decline in the prices just yet, but keep an eye on it over the next next few days. I have a feeling that we'll see some decline after being eliminated from the playoffs. All right. And also for you guys watching, uh, feel free to give some comments in the comment section. We do our best to, our best to respond and answer and react. We want, what do you guys want to see in future shows? And also, uh, like, subscribe. That's good for the old analytics. We do appreciate that as well. Uh, Brennan. What are we doing with uh, Zion? Are we holding? Is it going to drop more? I mean, at some point, does the hit go too far? We'll talk about some other players, the same sort of concept. Uh, Zion, are, are you just kind of monitoring in a, in a hold pattern? Uh, you find him or what? So I'm certainly, if I'm holding Zion right now, and I am, I actually have a couple shares waiting to be sent to PSA. I'm not selling. This guy, he's eliminated because his team already was a long shot to make the playoffs. Uh, and so it's not like there was a serious injury like we've seen with Jaron Jackson or Isaac or even someone like Ben Simmons, who we'll talk about here in a second. So, you know, his minutes were trending up at the end of it. So it seemed like he was getting his feet back. And this kid is still rookie he's he's gonna grow and he's gonna you know get into better shape and work on his game so certainly as a long-term hold I still think he's fine even if his prices do come down because the expectations were so high in in year one if you haven't bought yet I think that buying between now and the start of next season is probably a good thing and I would probably target a month or so out of the start of the season because you know that the the media is going to be covering him. I can already guarantee you there's going to be a weight watch. He's going to be in the best shape of his life. He's picked <laughs> up weight. He's He looks great. That's, the, that's what's going to come out of camp. And for him especially, that's going to to kind of catapult his prices upward. So I would wait to, to see him decline a little bit, which I do expect that we'll see. And then I'd start picking him up maybe a month before next season. So that would put us in maybe mid mid to late November is what I'm guessing. And uh, if you are using market movers and you start to see it trend back upwards before that, um, then go ahead and buy if it's in your budget and you found a card you like, but I'm holding him. Um, you know, if you've already bought him in, he probably was a little bit overpriced relative to how he was playing. That being said, I think at least, you know, sometime next year in the future, if the market's still good from a from a like an overall health perspective of the sports card market, his prices will appreciate over time. So I'm not I'm not panicking, um, and I'm going to be actively looking for opportunities here in the next couple months. You, uh, I, got, you I meant- got something to add to Go that ahead, too, uh, Dean. Not to interrupt you, um, we're looking right now, uh, Devin. If you can call up the screen share, we're looking at the ratios. This new feature on the market movers tools, and if you're comparing the optic hollow PSA ten 
let's see here. One sec here. Yeah, if, if we're looking at the Optic Hollow PSA 10 versus the uh, base PSA 10 for those Zion cards, it has a ratio of 5.3. That means that the, uh, the Hollow is selling for 5.3 times more than the base. If you compare that to the silver, the Zion 2019 Prism Silver PSA 10 versus the base PSA 10, there's a ratio of about 7.8. So the silver is going for 7.8 times more than the base for the prisms and only 5.3 times more than the base for the uh, hollows. So there might be some value there in the... um, I guess in the optic uh, hollow PSA 10, if that was going to shoot up a little bit so that it took more of a seven, seven X eight X value over that base PSA 10 to match more, match up more with that silver. There might be some value in that optic hollow PSA 10 card. Will, is that something? Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, but even for me, I think I'm with Brennan. I'm, I'm I'm on a whole pattern with Zion right now. Uh, every Zion I have, you know, I didn't even list it on eBay or any other source because I didn't want anybody to make any offers or bid. <laughs> I just, I didn't even want to tempt myself. So all my Zions right now, I've got two or three graded and two or three raw. Uh, and I, I'm holding those right now. Uh, I'm still buying inserts. I know I've talked about inserts, but I'm still buying those just because, you know, I can get two or three Zion inserts for the price of, you know, gosh, you know, one maybe raw uh, hollow prism or something like that. So that, that's kind of something I'm still targeting, especially if I can get some PSA 10 silver inserts. Like I think those are going to be gold uh, in the end. And that's kind of what I'm still doing with these big names. Uh, I do think Zion is, is box office, but, you know, like Brennan has talked about, we've still got to figure out whether or not this guy is going to actually make an all-star team, whether or not he's actually going to be, first or second team all NBA, whether he's going to be in the running for, you know, all defensive team, uh, whether or not he's going to be in the running for MVP someday. So these are all things that, you know, or reasons why I'm not spending $3,000 on Zion right now. If I can get one, you know, these inserts and a couple base cards for the low, you know, that's what I'm going to do with Zion uh, until, you know, the, the, the accolades catch up. Uh, but I'll still have a stockpile of inserts when they do, and maybe I'll turn those insert flips into one, you know, uh, optic prism or I mean, ho- uh, optic hollow or, or prism silver or something like that. But that's kind of the approach I'm taking with Zion, buying them, but I'm not spending the house on them uh, just yet. Yeah, I mean, he just turned twenty. It's important to remember, like all the talent in the world, obviously. Brennan, you mentioned. I want to go back for a second. You mentioned um, next season. And this is obviously fluid and speculation, but we presume next season is going to be sometime around Christmas, give or take. That's sort of like the plan, I guess. Uh, that's what's been floated out there. We don't know. Um, but um, how, I mean, do you have a general plan, like when things are quote unquote normal, when there's a normal uh, off season and how you buy cards when sports go dark and then all of a sudden they come back on the rise? And then how would you adjust that general plan to the presumption that we're going to have a short uh, off season? Yeah. So under normal circumstances, and, and quite frankly, we've kind of left the realm of normal a while ago, even if the, the, the season schedule was was normal. Um, you know, under normal circumstances, you'll see a dip in any sport in the offseason. And so, you know, if there's if there's guys that aren't specifically values at that time, um, you know, you might want to buy that person in the off season and then sell at some point during the middle of the season, depending on if you expect that person to make a playoff run or, or for instance, maybe it's someone like Trey young who, you know, won't be in the playoffs, but will probably have a couple 50 point games and drive their prices up mid season. So under normal circumstances, it's, it, it's typically better to buy in the off season and sell during the season. Uh, that being said, the market is so dynamic and so liquid now that you can find potentially undervalued players even in the middle of the season and as funny as it sounds I've actually both sold and bought Jalen Browns in the same week because you know with the market the way it is a lot of times you're responsible for setting prices and some people just aren't as good at looking for that information so I'm always looking for deals uh, in general it's best to spend most of your money in the off season that being said we've got quite a short off season this year um, we're looking at a finals ending in sometime in October October I believe and then the draft is shortly after that. And then 
<clears throat> we're going to see the season start potentially around Christmas. So we're looking at November really is potentially the only dark period for the NBA. That being said, there might be quite a few storylines coming out of November if they're, if that's when the transaction window is going to be for trades and different things like that. So my plan now is to make a list of guys that I want to uh, well, I want to buy into next year. We'll talk about Ben Simmons in a second. Jamal Murray is someone who I think is, is maybe going to be a hot name next year with, with Denver having a big three. Now, those are guys I'm going to write down prices that I'm targeting and I'm going to save my searches on market movers. And once I find a price that I like, I'm going to buy in. I don't think that we can wait for a quote unquote off season because we might not get much, much of one this year. Um, so I think finding out how to, how to fairly value certain cards and players that you like, and then being patient. Patient is the number one thing in this. I know you want to jump at every new eBay listing, but um, I've learned that being patient, sometimes you'll, you'll get a better deal even a couple weeks after uh, the previous one came up. So my plan really is just to, to be diligent, to collect the data as much as I can and, and be patient. But I don't think we can do much waiting. I think now's the time to buy guys like Zion and Ben as their prices come down. I don't think we can wait for the off season. I think even while the playoffs are going on, you're going to have values in those players like that. Just a thought that popped in my head, uh, just from a basketball, maybe growth development. Maybe this is not like a card perspective, just sort of a general thought, but we kind of laugh at Brooklyn being in the bubble and we laugh at teams like Orlando, even Sacramento. But like those players are, I think they're ahead of the Atlantas of the world and the Trey Youngs of the world because they're, they're developing it. You know, they're figuring stuff out and like, who knows what, uh, who knows what the, the Timberwolves are up to right now? I have no idea. They're probably not playing basketball or working out. Maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, individually, but uh, well, thought on that and a thought on, uh, you know, as far as the short off season and how you may, may adjust. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't really have too much to say, man. I think, I think Brennan wrapped that present and put a nice okay. bow on it. Um, for sure. Now is the time to buy, you know, uh, and like you talked about going into the playoffs, like w- when teams are going into the playoffs, to me, that's a perfect time to start buying, you know, guys that are sitting at home because all the spotlights on them, those car prices are going to go up. You know, Gary Trent's going to have another 50 point game and people are going to start, you know, buying Gary Trent. And, uh, you know, then you've got guys like Ja who may be at home and stuff like that. And I, I think you'll be able to get those guys at really good prices. Uh, just another thought, by the way. I wonder. This is probably for another show, but like the Warriors, the, Curry and Clay Thompson, or like even Durant, are those guys? Are their cards tumbling and it's kind of plateaued? And we know that off the dome by chance, because I, I mean, you got to think there's gonna be some sort of comeback in the works. I understand. I understand Durant's not in the Warriors anymore. I just throw him in that bucket. But just uh, you know, same sort of thought process coming back from injuries. But uh, Brennan, another show, I suppose, right? Yeah, yes, for sure. I've, I'm I'm always looking for Curry's because I think he's undervalued right now. But that being said, uh, the weird thing about this market is, as funny as this sounds, a slow growth pattern over a, a long time is actually someone that's not growing at all because the market is growing so fast that even players that aren't hot at the moment are seeing their prices come up just because of all the new money coming in. So uh, 0% is not a baseline anymore. It's probably more like 10% over the course of a month, 15% over the course of a month. And then when a guy hits, he doubles like we've seen with Michael Porter Jr. So uh, all that to be said, if you're in market movers and it looks like Steph Curry's prices have risen 40% in 90 days, that's probably actually slow if you compare him to somebody like LeBron or Anthony Davis or some of the guys that are seeing their cards double in the same time frame. So it, you kind of have to shift your expectations when looking at the market as it is now, cause it's just crazy. Um, but I did, and I talked about Wiggins several shows ago. So we, so like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this one all the way till next year. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But I think Wiggins Thompson, I'm not a huge Draymond fan because he doesn't score enough to be a, a hot card you really need them to make another run in the finals for his prices to really come up because he just does so many things you don't see in the box score. But I think Curry, Clay, and, and Wiggins are pretty interesting buys right now given the lack of attention to a team that typically gets all of the headlines uh, when healthy and competing. All right. We teased it a couple times. Simon, fire up the screen share. Talk about, the, well, Ben Simmons, out for the year. In case you guys mentioned he's done for the year. Uh, the Philadelphia odds as far as winning the title, they were already kind of bleak, 25-30 to 1, depending on what sports book you're looking at. Now it's an 85 to 1. Also, I'm thinking that just the way just by, by association, and B probably takes a hit just because you know he's not going to win a title this year. Not that he was, but you know, nobody's speculating on the possibility of that happening. Uh Simon, what are you seeing as far as Ben Simmons cards? 
is, is Simon on mute again? You got to be kidding me. Over two. <laughs> My bad. So uh, Ben's, uh, Ben's card has shot up to about uh, 3,000 as recently as August 2nd. And the most recent aggregation of sales has had him at about 21, uh, 2100 or so. So he's, he's taken quite a, quite a significant little drop there. So it might be time to start looking at those cards as we've talked about the off season is going to be short this year. So if you, if you see that card start to level off a bit or, or drop even further and you're interested in that card, you might want to start keeping an eye on it and, uh, save them in your market movers search. Yeah, so Brennan, I know you said pre-show. You actually did, uh, coincidentally enough, you did a deep dive in uh, as far as Simmons and the, as value of his cards and what they've done recently. Uh, your results, buy, sell, hold, Ben Simmons. Yeah, I think he's a buy at this current level. And if it, just like in the stock market, which we might get to later on in the show, dollar cost averaging and buying multiple times on the way down is always a good strategy. Some people will buy at a price and see it come down and get scared and panic sell. Um, now, you shouldn't be playing with, with actual savings stock market investments in the sports car market. We should all understand that this is very volatile and, and it's, it's something we should use with some discretionary, discretionary income. But that being said, I think Ben Simmons is a, big, a, a huge buy. And one thing I like to do and, and what I did recently this week is compare a player to other similar players from either their draft class or ones, one year prior or after to see if the values are the same. And Ben Simmons's prices have come down to to where Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram are, uh, which are both from his draft class. He was obviously the number one pick. And coincidentally enough, Ben Simmons to date in his career has accounted for 24.4 win shares. Uh, I believe Jalen Brown is currently at 14 and Brandon Ingram is at nine. So Ben Simmons has more win shares in his career than both Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram combined uh, in the first three years of their career. So he is a very good player. In my opinion, of the three, he has the best shot to be a future MVP. And uh, especially with Ingram being on his team with Zion, you know he's probably going to be the second fiddle if Zion pans out. Uh, Jalen Brown's obviously going to be a second fiddle to Jason Tatum, the way things are going now. Ben Simmons, in the right situation, I don't think Philly's the right situation, will be the best player on a very competitive team. So I love Ben Simmons long-term. I think we got to take advantage of the underperformance this year. A lot of that's not on Ben Simmons. They signed Al Horford to a ridiculous contract that's still going to be on the books for another three or four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fit with Joel Embiid, I just don't think is very good. And so, um, and if you believe, if you believe all the reports that his shot is coming around, if that guy gets a three point shot games over, he's winning MVP. I'll call it now. If he shoots 34% or better from three at any point in his career, he will become an MVP. He's just that good, even without the shot. So I'm all in, um, I'm going to continue to buy as it comes down. And then I'm going to probably hold until the middle of next year. I'm hoping things get shooken up there in Philly or he finds himself and a new place. I think that's when the, the like Anthony Davis, that's when his prices will skyrocket. Philadelphia, probably the most disappointing team in the regular season. Uh, and obviously now they're just going to sputter out. I, I can't imagine they make much noise in the playoffs. Maybe they'll win one round or something like that, but can't see him going beyond the second. Um, Brent Brown's probably going to be out. The coach is probably going to be out and they're probably going to, they may make some big changes. It wouldn't surprise me. Philadelphia is a city that historically not very patient. He's still just 24 years old, and I agree. And you see videos of him, him him hitting threes. I don't know why he doesn't shoot him in games. I don't get that. Uh, who knows if it's a mental thing? Don't want to get into his brain, but it's just odd. Uh, Will, uh, your thoughts on all of that? Will Simmons be on Philadelphia in two years? Uh, buy, sell, or hold as far as Ben Simmons? Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons is a, is a buy certainly right now, even if you don't like the guy uh, or like his style of play. And I like his style mm-hmm. of play, but – uh, when prices are coming down on guys that, you know, potential league MVP, potential uh, all-stars and uh, NBA first-team guys, guys that have the potential to go the distance and possibly get a championship, uh, I, I think you need to use that eBay term, invest, invest, invest. Uh, and so I, I like Ben Simmons. I, I would really like it if Ben Simmons left a, ter- uh, a playoff team and just went to a terrible team like the Charlotte Hornets, and we could just give them the keys to the whole city. Well, why would you uh, control would say, of all teams? Oh, it's my favorite team, and we suck at drafting. <laughs> so uh, I would – I mean, honestly, I, I think Ben Simmons could get away with a situation like that where, you know, he goes to a team a little bit smaller market or a large market team that's terrible, like the New York Knicks. I mean, yeah. if you imagine Ben Simmons going to the Knicks and they say, hey, 
I, I know we've got, you know, R.J. Barrett, but obviously uh, you're the better player now. Just here, have the keys. And, and I think it would encourage other guys to think about coming to play. So uh, I'm with Brennan. I, I like Ben Simmons. I think uh, I think you keep buying all the way. You know, I'm not going to get into the stock side of it because uh, Brennan has already hit dollar cost averaging, which was certainly the right play. And uh, I think we can roll it from there. You guys both have a financial background. Again, I teased it earlier. We may get into it. We may not. It's a bit of a time crunch. If nothing else, we'll, do, we'll talk about it in a previous show or not a previous show. It doesn't work like that. On a future show. That's how that would work. That would be impossible to do in a previous show. Uh, hey, let's talk about some players who have been doing good. Will, you open it up. I, you, we want to talk about Portland, right? Portland especially. It looks oh, like they're, man. They're, they're well positioned to get that eight spot. It's been lower time. Uh, you know, you want to talk – you're excited about, about Carmelo. I don't know who you want to talk about first, but the, the, the Portland, it's yours. Look, I, I'm really excited to talk about Carmelo here because here's the deal, right? So Carmelo Anthony has this really bad rap, and a lot of it started from the league. He went to New York. And, uh, you know, kind of had a, a bad situation at the end of that career there. Kind of had a falling out with the organization, a falling out with uh, 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 Phil Jackson and all of these things. But, look, Carmelo Anthony is a professional basketball player. Uh, the guys, you know, won, won a uh, NCAA title. Uh, I mean, just, just accolades on top of accolades has, has won the Olympics. Uh, I, I'm really excited about Carmelo. And then when I look at his prices, look, is Carmelo Anthony LeBron James? Of course not, okay? Carmelo is, is, is not LeBron, so, so I'm not saying that. But listen to these highlights and awards. Ten-time <laughs> NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA second team, four-time All-NBA third team, scoring champion in 20, 2013, All-NBA rookie first team, NCAA champion in 2003, NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player in 2003. I mean, the guy's got really good accolades. And if you pull up LeBron's card prices to Carmelo's, I mean, LeBron's prices are through the roof, and Carmelo's are just trending really bad. I mean, I'm looking at a a 2002 Topps Finest, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and this is a BGS 9.5 on for sale right now for 95 bucks. I haven't even pulled up LeBron's. I don't really have to pull it up because I've been kind of tracking that card. It's the one where LeBron has on the white suit. Uh, it's a white background, got some uh, like like uh, uh, crimson or wine colored little you know uh, pentagons in the back or hex- hexagons. Got six sides hexagons. <laughs> and LeBron's card prices at PSA ten are somewhere around I'd say you know three, four, five thousand, somewhere up in there. They're a couple grand for that card. Meanwhile, we've got Carmelo, 9.5, not as much, uh, not as high of a grade, but at 95 bucks on sale for a guy that's probably going to the playoffs this year for the first time in 10 years or so. And I think they've got a shot, an outside shot, to actually beat the Lakers. Could you imagine if Portland beats the Lakers in the first round as an eight seed? I, and Carmelo's prices are really cheap right now. I think this is the time to buy Carmelo. I still think he's going to the Hall of Fame I know I've hogged up about five minutes on Carmelo <laughs> Anthony talk, but he's really too cheap compared to other guys, you know, that haven't accomplished as much. So I, I like Carmelo here. Uh, there, I don't, I don't feel like there's any reason Anthony Davis should be that much more than Carmelo in the grand scheme of things. Anthony Davis hasn't won a championship, hasn't won an MVP, and doesn't have nearly as many accolades as Carmelo. I, I, I think Carmelo's incredibly undervalued in the market. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Lakers obviously have looked bad in the bubble. They, they lost last night to the Denver second unit. No, wait, no, they won in the last second uh, field goal. Nonetheless, they, they struggled to get by Denver's like five through ten players, essentially. Uh, they're just essentially one-two. It's LeBron and it's Davis, and then it's a bunch of their dudes. Uh, just aren't, aren't particularly – Kuzma's fine, I suppose, but nothing really special. And I, I think they have a puncher's chance. As eight versus ones go in the NBA, you know, uh, it always, you know, basketball, the best team wins 95% of the time, whatever it is. But I wouldn't be shocked if Portland gets in and Portland at least gives them a you know a rough series. Brennan, your thoughts as far as Carmelo, and then let's open up a Dame, a Dame a Lillard. Sure. Yeah, no, everything well said about Melo is, is kind of what we covered with with Chris Paul uh, a few shows ago. It's You've got a guy who has achieved a lot in his career but is towards the end of it and maybe isn't exciting as he used to be. And, uh, you know, he's just undervalued at the moment because we forget about what they were in the past and we just think about what they are now. We saw it with a guy like Tim Duncan. As soon as he retired, it took a couple of years. 
but his cards actually started to rise and appreciate. And someone who has achieved that much that has a resume like that is probably a safe investment from a slow growth perspective as the hobby grows. So I think Carmelo is certainly a long-term buy if if you're a fan of his and and you just want to play the, the, you know, hall of fame perspective of things, which are typically good long-term investments. And if you're playing the, I want to get a spike, if he hits a big, you know, game winner in a, a series against the Lakers, now's the time to buy too. Cause they're leaning on him heavily, especially late in games. If teams are taking away Damian Lillard, it's Carmelo Anthony and not CJ McCollum that they're actually looking to for big shots. Cause he's such a good isolation player. Um, now at the end of the day, that team, you know, flows through Damian Lillard and he, he is a guy who, and, and we knew this was coming, he is a guy who's played in big games, played in big moments, and I know he missed the shot against the Clippers and the two free throws. I'm taking that guy in a fourth quarter above almost anybody else in the NBA. And so get him in a seven-game series against the Lakers, and this kid is going to go off. I mean, I, I, I loved Damian Lillard coming into this as a speculation play, and I think at this point he's got more left in the tank. So if you buy him now, you're probably going to be pretty happy with how it plays out over the next few years and not just this year. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Damian Lillard, Dame Time. And this is this is pure uh, narrative street speculation here if we're going to go into the D, DFS lingo. After Damian Lillard's career is over, I think he has the potential to be a, a mainstream, well-known name recognition rapper once his career is over. And so if you want to play that side of things, you know, Dame Dollar Sign is going to have a career mm-hmm. after basketball. And uh it's it can't hurt it cannot hurt his card prices if he drops a couple of Billboard you know top one hundred songs after his career is over. So I'm a big fan of Damian Lillard. Um, is he legit? Like good? Like legit? Respected? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, very good. He's yeah. He's 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 a very the fact that he's already putting out really respectable music while also playing basketball full time. If he gets in the studio and can spend as much time as I think he wants to. Um, I mean, the guy's been on Sway in the Morning, which uh, for anyone who follows the the hip hop community, that is a a quite the honor to be on if you're a rapper. And uh, he's done songs with people like Lil Wayne, so he's he's got respect in the industry. That's it's total speculation that that will help his card prices, but it certainly can't hurt. It's the same reason why someone like Shaq or LeBron or Curry might be valuable after their career is over because they'll stay relevant even when they aren't playing basketball. So. Uh, for the short time period, you're you're hoping that they give the Lakers a run in the first round, but I think Damian Lillard, you have multiple outs from a career perspective. I think you'll see quite a few more, uh, maybe four or five more good seasons from him, and then potentially a post-career uh, renaissance as a, a, a pretty respectable rapper in the industry. You mentioned Shaq, and I thought you were going to go down like a, a Foosh Dickens wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that reference. Um, all right. Uh, who, who put uh, who put Gary Trent in the list? Who wants to talk about Gary Trent? That that was me. So uh, Gary Trent is a guy who, um, if you look at the market movers numbers, has has risen over the last fourteen days more than almost anybody. I mean, you're talking Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, the question, the the thing about him that's a little bit different than T.J. Warren, who's gotten hot in the bubble as well, is Gary Trent Jr. is only in the second year of his career. He was a young rookie last year. And he was pushed to the second round, not because he couldn't shoot in college. He actually shot 40% um, while playing at Duke, but he just had some personality work ethic issues. I think, you know, some of that off the court stuff pushed him down in the draft. He's the son of a former NBA player, which I always think helps. You, you, you have, you have expectations coming in, you know how to work hard and what that schedule looks like. Could this be for real? It, it might actually be for real. The kid, you know, didn't get to play much last year. Um, he only shot 24% from three, but that was on like 20 shots. He's shooting, uh, I think over 40% or close to 40% this year. He has just caught fire in the bubble. Now's probably not the time to buy as prices have come up too much. But if you think it's for real, cause he's probably earned a spot in the rotation next year, watch for his prices in the off season. If you want to speculate, now's probably the time, but um, it's just, you, you know, not all price increases are the same. TJ Warren's probably, you don't touch no matter what. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I feel pretty confident about it. You've got guys like Ben Simmons and Zion going the opposite way. And then you have guys like Gary Trent Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. Porter Jr. probably the higher ceiling, but Gary Trent Jr. could still be a potential opportunity. I think you just take this as a, a chance to add him to a list to research as his prices come back down to earth. Because in the playoffs, he's probably not going to be taking as many threes as he is now. I think that they tighten up the rotation and um, you're going to see Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum with really high usage rates. So it's, uh, 
he could be for real. He could not be, but uh, you know, I think it's something you wait on in, until his prices come back down to earth. Yeah, a couple of things. I think he's benefited immensely from you mentioned McCollum and Lillard, and like he's getting a lot of his open threes because there's so much attention. They're, they're trying to they're closing in on like double teaming Lillard like 40 feet from the basket. Some of these some of these teams because Lillard's pulled up in 35 and just saying screw it, <laughs> you're not going to come at me. I'm going to just nail a 35 footer. Uh, he's definitely it's like oh it's like what Curry would do. Uh, two mentions for Curry in the show. Uh, smash the over on Steph Curry uh, at home. Uh, and Gary Trent's father was like a bruiser, if I'm not mistaken, which is weird because he wasn't a sharpshooter. He was like a banger down low, like an Oakley type. Uh, he made more threes in a quarter than his dad made in his entire career, if that puts it go. into perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the game has obviously changed immensely too. But yeah, that, that definitely puts it into perspective. Will, uh, your thoughts on Trent? Uh, and also, Carmelo, give a shout out. Uh, I, guess, I, don't know, I guess it can't hurt. Uh, he's 15th of all time. He passed uh, Paul Pierce in total scoring. I don't know if that gives his cards a bump. And my other thought is, is like, Again, as somebody who doesn't know anything about the industry, I'm just sort of asking questions. I know the sports. Uh, likeability matters, and Lillard seems like a really likable guy. And, like, you mentioned Chris Paul and Carmelo, and they're a little bit more divisive, we can say, for whatever reasons. Uh, Will, your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Gary Trent, like we said, it's come up. Um, maybe we've hit the peak of it. Maybe we haven't. But I think for a guy, for, for a guy like Gary Trent that's going to be presumably – like I said, Phoenix could sneak in there, but a guy for Gary Trent that's presumably going to be in the playoffs, uh, I think, you know, you buy now, even if the prices have come up, if you look at a guy like Michael Porter Jr., his prices have come up, and they might still be too low for the long-term period. So I, I think for a guy like Gary Trent, if you're buying him now, you know, is he is he a guy that could possibly be like the next Harden? And, and what I mean by that is I'm not saying – He's going to be winning scoring titles, but I'm saying a guy that becomes too good to be the third wheel on a team, and suddenly he ends up on a team, you know, uh, uh, like in Orlando or, or something like that, where he becomes more of a primary option, and then you really see his prices go through the, through the roof. Maybe he makes an all-star team one or two years and, you know, can kind of help that team get in the playoffs. So I, I think if you're buying Gary Trent, Brennan has talked about the fact that we kind of have to readjust our minds to this new way of card buying. Uh, everyone's very reactive, but even though the car prices are going up, we may still be able to get in because, you know, if this guy becomes, you know, a perennial all-star with another team because he's too good to stay at Portland with Damon CJ, then at that point, we still caught a really good bargain uh, on a guy that, that has tremendous upside. So that that's kind of where I am with that. And I, you know, I still think Chris Paul and Carmelo guys that may not be, uh, as popular uh, have been faces of the league, like a LeBron or like a Dwayne Wade. I still think there's value there. They're, they're probably not going to trend up as fast, uh, which is why I'm really interested in purchasing their cars before they all hit the Hall of Fame. Because once they hit the Hall of Fame, then, you know, I, I think that's really going to give them a, stabil- a lot more stability and a lot more increase to their car prices. All right, one more basketball player. We're going to have a couple quick hitters as far as football. I know we're kind of up against the clock here and. Well, you got some basketball to talk about shortly, right? I guess you have a show coming up about 20 minutes, give or take? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will <laughs> okay. be on, on, on Grinders Live. Okay, so we'll, we'll get you out of here. We'll get out of here in about 10 minutes or so, maybe less than that. Uh, again, uh, we'll touch on football, but fire up that screen share, Simon, as far as uh, Luka Doncic. Duke can smash in the bubble, out the bubble anywhere. Uh, tell us what his cards are doing, and then go ahead, Brennan, you take over, and you tell us, uh, are we, is, it, is there still some value left in those cards? They're going up, I presume. But uh, he's still playing amazing, and he's still ridiculously young. Simon, take it. Yeah, we're looking at a card, the uh, Prism Basketball Silver PSA 10 that was at about 5,500 back on July 26. And its most recent aggregate of sales is 84.99. So it's gone up significantly. It's, it's, it's on a tear right now, and you can see even the – 2018 base PSA 10 is is starting to uh, to take off a little bit. That line looks flat for uh, for a very long time, and then all of a sudden it's been spiking in these last few days here. So Luca's cards are definitely on the move here. All right, Brennan, quickly buy, sell, hold. I am so <laughs> I'm selling Prism and I'm buying Select. I think. Select for Luca is severely undervalued considering the the difference in population counts. I know this isn't anything new. I'm a huge Select fan, but um, 2018 and 2019 Prism pop counts are, you can see here on the screen, there's over 12,000 PSA 10s for his base Prism. 
I believe that number is under 4,000 for select. It might even be less uh, than that. And so in its trading at actually a considerable discount to his prism. So I think if you're holding a, a Luka Doncic's prism PSA 10 or PSA nine or anything like that, I think selling it at this peak and buying into select is probably the safer approach. If you don't have any Luca at all right now, I think you need to go away from Prism and look at things like select. Um, Optic potentially is a value. It's got similarly high pop counts, but for a discount. Um, And then also looking for undervalued uh, parallels. I think the scope parallel, which is about has the pop count, one third the pop count in select as the silver does, is selling at a similar price. So there's still value in Luca. The way he's playing, I don't ever think you're going to see a huge dip in his prices. So you have to be very diligent about what cards you're targeting. And I think you have to prioritize um, both brand recognition, which obviously Prism has, but also a nice balance of uh, scarcity. And in my opinion, the best balance there is select. So I'm buying Luca, but I'm targeting select because it's cheaper. Uh, it is, it's got the same brand recognition as Prism and its pop counts are a fraction of the Prism. And Let's let's not turn a blind eye to the fact that PSA, SGC, and uh, BGS are all working through backlogs, which a large portion of that is probably Luca prisms. Um, there's probably a lot. These pop counts are not done inflating. So in my opinion, there's not a lot of value left on prism basketball. What you're buying now is, is in hopes that he really just continues to play at this pace, which uh, you know means he's going to have multiple MVPs, multiple rings, I think buying a select is probably the safer approach. So I'm going there while everyone else is riding these prisms all the way up. All right. A couple of quick hitters in football. Will, you're opening this up. Of course, the season, well, presumably around the corner, we're going to operate as if uh, we'll be talking a ton of NFL as the season comes upon us. But of course, we're like I said before, we're, we're kind of up against the clock a little bit. So uh, quickly, uh, Will, uh, some teams maybe in general you're looking at. And of course, you know, quarterbacks are king when it comes to the sport car collecting industry. Is there any value in any cheapies you see out there? that you're scooping up before the season. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, and I'll talk about these guys. I've been buying Mariota, been buying uh, Jameis, been buying uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, One guy that I think, you know, that we can possibly hop on right now, maybe a little bit of Gardner Minshew uh, just to kind of get him going. And then the other thing, and and I I know I've talked about this before, but a lot of your older quarterbacks, like your Phillip Rivers, I think Phillip Rivers is primed to have a much better season uh, playing in a dome, no fans, uh, or mostly no fans, if, if that's what they decide. Got got some pretty good targets out there. I, I think I think now is the time to buy your guys like Ben and and uh, and and Philip Rivers. And I, I've kind of been talking about that along and along and along. But please, please get on the train uh, b- before it's too late. Uh, we saw a really big spike on Cam. Cam's prices have kind of come down a little bit. I think it may be time to hop back on the Cam train. Uh, and then last but not least, I know we're talking about quarterbacks, but I still think wide receivers are undervalued, especially raw prices. Um, I, I just think a lot of the national treasures for the younger guys are still incredibly too cheap. Raw national treasures, you know, good wide receivers like uh, your DJ Chark, like your um, uh, uh, even uh, – God, what's the guy that uh, – Jesus – He's out, he's out in Arizona now, DeAndre Hopkins. These guys, are, I'm telling you, they're still really cheap. Michael Thomas, these cards are ridiculously cheap compared to, you know, what we're going to see with quarterbacks. And I'm talking about the most expensive cards we can get, which are national treasures. So uh, I've really been buying a lot of those, you know, jumbo patches and some RPAs, uh, trying to get ahead of the industry on that. Uh, because once they kept, you know, once the, the, the industry prices catch up, uh, it's too late. So I, I really think that's the way to go, uh, you know, targeting some of these quarterbacks that, that have upside uh, and then, you know, grabbing these wide receivers. And I'm talking about national treasures, a lot of these RPAs, uh, Spectra, uh, you know, stuff like that. I think that's the way to go right now with your wide receivers. You can really get them a, a lot cheaper than your quarterbacks right now. Again, we'll dig deeper on this uh, in a future show more so. Uh, Simon, your thoughts on that? I know you're big on, you talk about this all the time as far as, the skill position players like receivers and running backs, it should sort of catch up and even out at least a little more so than it is right now as far as the discrepancy uh, in the value of quarterbacks versus receivers and running backs. And I, I know you also wanted to talk about uh, you had a comparison you wanted to make. 
Yeah, I'm with Chief on buying those skill position players, especially the wide receivers. Not so much the running backs because uh, wide receivers are more exciting players. They can make more of an impact in a game and and they can really just have a probably a better chance of shooting up week to week than than some of those other skill position players. So I'm, I'm with them on the DeAndre Hopkins and guys like that. And if we're looking at a comparison here between Sam Darnold's rookie card, Gardner Minshew, and Drew Locke, I kind of put them all on the same tier there. Uh, Drew Locke's in the best situation heading into this this coming up season, but his card is way, way higher than these other two guys, and he's not that much higher in, a, in, in position than these other guys. He's got a better team around him, better coaching probably and all that, but in the long run, I think a guy like Sam Darnold will probably end up being a better player than Drew Locke. And he's way less. He's about uh, two-thirds of the value of Drew Locke. And then you got Gardner Minshew, whose chief was just talking about, whose rookie cards are going for about 160 compared to Drew Locke at 395. So depending on what your thoughts are there on Gardner Minshew, he might be a value. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I could see him you know, pulling off pulling off something this season to make his his values go up but if we uh i wanted to show another comparison here uh dean and i were trying to think of who was in a similar tier as kyler murray we put josh allen in there i don't really think that josh allen is in the same tier as kyler murray but if we're comparing their cards we can see that they've both been in an upward trend for the past past month or so and uh, they're both following a very similar trend here I think Kyler Murray I think would be a better buy than Josh Allen at this point depending on what you think Josh Allen can if he can improve on on his past performances or whatever but I think Kyler Murray is primed to have a better long-term career than Josh Allen and their prices aren't really that far that far apart like the Kyler Murray is only about $135 more than the uh, Josh Allen. I'm talking about uh, 2019 Prism Base 10 for Kyler Murray and 2018 Prism Base 10 for Josh Allen there. Another comparison that I wanted to look at is something that we've been talking about in the past. And I was really high on Dak Prescott. We've been pounding the table on him for the past few weeks or few months or so. His cards have spiked up finally to the point where they're caught up with Deshaun Watson now. We put them on a similar tier. Dak Prescott's in a better position heading into this season. They're both going for over 800 right now. We were hammering uh, Dak at about 330 a few weeks ago. So that's a nice double, almost a triple there on that. And the season hasn't even started. And he's in a prime position to be successful this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that card continues going up if the market stays hot so i'd keep an eye on that deck prescott card if it dips maybe try to dig into it a little bit before the season starts because i think once the season starts and and dallas is underway and people are starting to talk about them a lot more and you get a lot more buzz i think that card's going to shoot up even more yeah i'll take the murray side over allen long term and uh, i know you're excited about Dak's prices going up because you were uh you were in early on that and you were telling the people to go ahead and buy that and of course uh, it's what doubled or tripled since. So good for you. Good to anybody that listens. Uh, apologies for not talking too much about football. We kind of promised it. We ran long as far as basketball. We'll get to it in another show. Uh, that said, uh, mail day cards. Let's show off our mail day cards. Go around the horn. Give our socials. Tell people where to find us. All that good stuff. Brennan, you're going first. Yeah. So this is probably the, this is the most excited I've been all year for the mail day. I picked up a 2013 select red hot rookies insert for Giannis um, towards the end of the year, my plan was always to park a lot of the profit into something that I thought was a long, a good long-term investment. And I think one of the best long-term investments right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo, not only from a career perspective, but his pop counts are very low. Actually, in fact, we talked about it last week, lower than LeBron. And after the recent article that I put out a couple of weeks ago about his market cap relative to LeBron and, and Luca, it only confirmed to me that we probably are not valuing Giannis enough at this point. So pretty happy to get that one added to the collection. And that is one that probably will not leave the shelf uh, for quite some time. I, I probably will hold on to that as long as I can. So I'm pretty excited about that. Will. Is Will on mute? 
Yes, I'm unmuted. I'm not <laughs> muted. I'm not, you did not have to uh, correct me there, sir. Uh, I, I'm pretty excited about this one. I've been talking about inserts. You guys will see that I've got two that, that have come in. And I've got uh, on, that, on that Porzingis, I've actually got a couple of that same version. Uh, when, I, when I was on eBay and I realized I could get that, you know, that, that, uh, that emergent with that RC shield on there for pen, what I consider to be pennies on the dollar, uh, I grabbed it and I already see, you know, I looked, I caught one the other day, a, 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 a green one. Uh, it was probably about 80 or 90 bucks, you know, a couple weeks ago, and it's already at about 130 now. So I, I was really excited to kind of see that uh, the price go up on that one. He's been playing really well in the bubble. Same thing for Zion. Picked up an emergent of his. I got two of those. Uh, and then on the football side, you'll see what I'm doing. Uh, I'm buying, like I said, a lot of these receivers, National Treasures cards for the low. Uh, you probably wouldn't believe how cheap I got that DJ Moore for, but that one was $3. National Treasures, rookie, colossal patch. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to buy right now when I'm when I'm making speculative plays. And quite frankly, you can do the same thing with, with the Michael Thomas, with the DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you're not going to get it for $3. But there's some out there you can get for 20, 25, and I think that's incredibly cheap. So you know that that's the approach I've been taking, uh, you know, with those receivers trying to buy the really high end cards that are ungraded and uh, go from there. Simon, close us out. Yeah, I was able to find a very small amount of chronicles in the wild last week. And I opened a couple cellos and hangers, and one of the cards that I pulled was this John ja Morant Luminance card which is a beautiful card. You got John Morant teabagging uh, Kevin Love on a dunk that he actually missed, <laughs> but it made it on the card anyways. And the card is uh, just, a, just a beautiful card in general. I uh, pulled one card and I knew as soon as I saw that, that shot that it was going to be a popular card and I sold it right away for 200 bucks on eBay. And then I opened another pack and I pulled another one. So I got one uh, to keep. I actually have it listed on eBay too. But the other uh, card that I pulled was this Zion uh, Flux card, which is a really nice looking card as well. And uh, I hope I'm hoping to uh, to sell that on on eBay as well. All righty, uh, that was Sports Card Grinders. Appreciate you all watching. Again, twenty percent off your first payment of any subscription at SCI at SportsCardInvestor.com uh, with the promo code Grinders. You get that market mover tool. It's good times. You guys saw it showed off throughout the show. Like, subscribe, comment. That was Sports Card Grinders. For Brennan, for Will, for Simon, I was Dean. We're out of here. Holler. Holler.